0: new concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential, reach
1: your full potential, reach your full potential.
0: Small win, small win, small win, keep your momentum going. The Success 101 Podcast. Hey guys, good morning and welcome back to the Success 101 Podcast, live episode number 15. So glad to have you back. Thanks, uh, with me this week. Missed you last week. It was a little awkward just being here by myself. What is that Will, <laughs> Ferrell, uh, that Will Ferrell skit where he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Ricky Bobby. That's how I felt. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I guess some of the listeners may know I was out last couple of weeks. My uh, little brother, 23-year-old brother, was in the Air Force. He was killed in a car accident. So, you know, I spent the last couple of weeks just being with family, and it's been an interesting couple weeks, to say the least, and a story that I'd love to share, maybe in a different uh, venue. It's been incredible just to see the amount of love that people have for Alex, you know, my brother, and uh, how the Air Force came and wrapped their arms around us, and how many people are praying for us, and it is amazing to watch the impact that he has had and continues to have in people's lives since he's he's passed, so wild last couple weeks. We're trying to keep our head above water and uh, celebrate his life.
0: Yeah, man, it's never. I, I don't have any siblings, so I, I can't relate to that. But I know you guys were in New York. We were. Yeah, we did a podcast on Thursday, and then the next day I see you guys snapping pictures in Times Square. I'm like, <laughs> this dude didn't even tell me he was flying off to New York uh, with his brand new baby. Of all things, yeah, that's was, brave, man.
1: It was sort of a last minute trip. The baby did great. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: You know, it's, it's always that look when people give you and you get on the plane and you're the one carrying the baby and people are like, oh gosh, please don't <laughs> let him sit next to me. My kids have always done awesome. We're going to the Bahamas this next week, but you always kind of hope like, oh gosh, please let this go well. But yeah, man, sorry to hear about that. I know you guys were in New York whenever that happened and never easy way to describe yeah. that. And then you guys, I guess, flew out to Georgia.
1: We did. To yeah. see some of his spent, friends out there. Spent, so um, I guess a few days in Georgia. You know, there's a lot of divine things that have happened in the last two weeks that, like I said, I'd love to share maybe at another time. And if you're interested in hearing about it, you know, shoot me a text or hit me up on social media and I'd love to share a story. Pretty
0: interesting. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, man, as we roll into the uh, podcast this morning, I can't not mention to you guys, I've had so much feedback on the human charger. I was actually going to wear it this, I was actually going to use it this morning and just totally ran off and left it.
1: We needed that this morning. I know we
0: needed it. We're running on fumes this morning. Neither one of us got much sleep. I know I didn't the last couple of nights. So very rarely do I show up and I'm not feeling on point and ready to go. And this morning I was like, man, you know jordan was like are you just kind of tired i was like man all i can say is like the neurons just aren't firing in the brain right now but i feel good now i feel good we're ready to rock and roll really so yeah human charger i've described it to you guys if you haven't heard me talk about it it's from a company called valky had a chance to check it out at the bulletproof conference and it's just awesome it's they call it the sun in your pocket but it's a super bright white light with blue light infused so it's the same spectrum as the sun so it's the equivalent and i know this sounds so weird if you got i was the same way whenever i saw it i thought there's no way this thing does what they say it does. It's the same spectrum of light as the sun. You stick it in your ear, just like you know, people can't tell when you're wearing it around, but it hits the uh, photoreceptor proteins on your brain where your brain receives light right behind your optical nerves, just like staring at the sun and boom, it'll get you woken up. So I should have hit it this morning. What a
1: genius. Like who thinks of this? Yeah, stuff? it's awesome. That it, helps with,
0: uh, it helps with jet lag. It helps people use it for their pre-workout. Sometimes if you work on the evening, I know I hit it sometimes right after lunch if I'm feeling like I might have a crash. It's great. So for those of you who want to get the Human Charger, which I recommend all of you do, go to success101podcast.com forward slash Human Charger. And at the promo where co- you can enter in the promo code at checkout, put in Success101. They're going to give you 20% off. I fought hard to get that because I knew it's such a value for our listeners out there. So you are welcome. Sun in your pocket. I tell this to people, like people we know, and they're like, Yeah, I think I'm just going to walk away now. And I'm like, no, you've got to try it. Like it sounds so sci-fi or whatever, but it's really cool. So I'd love to open up this morning with a little bit more advice from Nick Murray. For those of you out there who have heard our other podcasts, and we've talked about Nick Murray, he's basically an advisor to advisors, but in his book, you know, a year around the world of lots of advice, financial planning, mostly there's a time blocking, not necessarily time blocking technique, even though that's what it sounds like, but it's more to give yourself a gut check on productivity. So he says, take a large calendar. So get a large calendar, maybe one of the desktop calendars, whatever, that's got the next four weeks on it. So you can go to any Office Depot, whatever, and grab one of those. And what he says is block off 15 minute segments in every day. So just take your each each day, block off 15 minute segments, and then get two very different color markers to where they stand out. And at the end of each day, or at the end of each 15 minute segment, whatever it is that you're doing, Color in that 15-minute segment with one of the two colors. So one color should be, whichever one you pick, one of the colors should be when you were acting, when you were moving business forward, when you were in progress, deep work, getting stuff done, revenue generating, whatever you want to fill in the blank with there. Color in the other segment with reacting. So this would be non-revenue generating activity. Even if it leads to revenue at some point, it's just part of the process. It's not you creating new stuff or it's, frankly, wasting a bunch of time. Yeah. Right. And he says, if you're unsure, was I, was I acting? Was I reacting? You
1: were probably. Reacting. Yeah.
0: Colored in as reacting. Cause he said, if you don't know if you were acting, let's face it, we both know you were reacting. Yeah. <laughs> Just do that guys. I mean, map that out. And it, it even says in the book, this may be, you know, the longest month of your life, because I mean, let's face it. If you're doing that every single day, it's going to get a little bit monotonous, but so if you saying the, do
1: it in real time or at the end of the day.
0: I would say real-time would be the best because you're not going to be able... I don't know why I said the end of the day a second ago. I would say in real-time would be the best because I'm not going to be able to think back what I did between 8 and 8.15 this morning. I mean, 15-minute segments, those are a lot of segments to figure out. I would say do it in real-time, get to the end of each segment, color it in. And he said it's going to be a super long month. It's going to be hard for you to go through and stick with. You're probably going to want to stop doing it. But when you get to the end of that month, you look back on it, and you can probably see a lot of times when you were reacting. I think it's a huge litmus tests. it's a huge gut check yeah
1: for that so well measuring your activity and measuring your productivity is such a key to being successful long term yeah where did we go wrong you know what what were we doing right so important
0: yeah so guys i want to continue down this thought if you heard my podcast last week it was about thinking big a lot of that was the magic of thinking big that book that was written in the 60s by david schwartz where he comes up with a lot of phrases in there that would do us well to learn. So excuse-itis, stickability, 95% of stickability is just ability, which means just, just doing it, just moving forward. It's not a rocket science. It's not, you know, and too many excuses out there to lead people down really a path of destruction to where at the end of the day, they're going to not live up to their full potential. So I'd mention that I'd like to carry on this thought and thinking big, can't talk about not thinking big and not talk about thinking small, because that's really what it is, right? I don't think there's any neutral in between that. I think you're either thinking really big, or if you're feeling neutral or thinking small, then it's probably all just thinking small, which most of us do. So last week when you weren't here, I talked about the 10X rule with Grant Cardone, Uh, a lot of rules and just principles in there about just 10Xing or whatever measurement you want to use on your business. But I would love to talk about this morning, thinking small. Why would you say, Jordan, I'm just curious, I'll put you on the hot seat here. Why would you say most people inherently, naturally were wired to think small?
1: Because you can't hardly fail. Well, it's in your brain, it's easier to say, well, if my goal is here, I can achieve that. But if my goal is something I've never done before, there's so much gray area. Can I get from here to here?
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the thing is, guys, nothing's going to limit your future growth and potential more than small thinking. Yeah, It's not your ability It's not your knowledge. It's not lack of info. We all have enough info in front of us. It's nothing is going to limit your future growth more than small thinking. Yeah. So I want to go over ways that you guys don't dream big enough this morning or you don't set big enough goals. And I think there's a lot of people out there. I know at one point in my life, I would have maybe heard that and not really gotten fired up about it, maybe passed on it, moved on to something else. And in that, even in that thinking is small thinking. Yeah. Because you're not opening up your mind to, to new opportunities. but I want you guys to have big goals. I want you to dream big. I want you to have an incredible 2017. And I think for the most part, just like you mentioned, we keep our goals in check because we don't want to be disappointed. Everybody is fearful of failure rather than looking at failure as feedback. Yep. Talked to Mark Devine just yesterday on the podcast, probably one of the most engaging conversations I've ever had on a podcast because he was sharing so much wisdom about how we can be better. And we talked about failure being looked at as the end result. It's not looked at as a learning opportunity. Mm. And people say, well, I don't want to fail. Well, guess what, guys? You're going to fail. If you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. You're not putting... You're not uncomfortable enough. That's right. That's right. We've got to be uncomfortable failing or look at it as just part of the process. Like, okay, I got that part done. What did I learn from it? What can I really gain and gather from this? And then how can I move on from it? But we don't want to be disappointed. We don't want to fail. We avoid pain at all costs. And so we limit our big thoughts or just don't even create any at all. We hold back. We settle for less. And so I want to ask you guys out there, what are your goals? What are your desires? Are you thinking too small? And I think the idea or the thought is that if we set our goals really low, we're going to be more likely to achieve them, just like you said. But we'll be happy when we exceed them. The problem is we're happy at exceeding a mediocre goal. Yep. So my thought was, and I think I mentioned this last time, is that if you're going to fail, which if we're trying hard enough and we're really trying to accomplish much, we will fail over and over. I would rather fail at a huge goal than fail at a mediocre goal, which is going to make me feel even worse. Yep. So check in on that. How do you guys know how far you can go if you're really not getting out of your comfort zone? And I know this seems really simple, but I would really encourage you guys in 2017 to check in with that. And many times we think we're thinking bigger, we think we're setting our intentions higher but our descriptors are even too small. So if you say, hey, I want to, I really want to advance my career. Well, what position or what level? Like you have to go, we've talked about the exercise of why, going seven levels deep on why. You have to ask yourself, why do you want to advance your career? What position? I want to be successful. Well, what does that even mean? By what measure? Success has to be measured by your own, you know, your own standards. I hear people say that all the time. Like, man, I want to be successful. And I'm like, how, in what way? And they're like, well, you know, just continue to grow. <laughs> I'm like, no, that yeah, that you've got the descriptor all wrong.
1: Or well, I want to make a lot of money. Well, oh, yeah. how much money is a lot of money? Yep. What specifically to you is a lot of money? I want to be good to my family or I want to spend more time with my family. Well, how much time do you want to spend with your family? Is it an hour a week? Is it 50 hours a week? You yeah,
0: because I can promise you, especially that one, if you don't block it out and you're seeing this now with a kid, right? You don't block that out and you do it by default and you don't design it in there's going to be too many other things in the world that get in the way, Mm -hmm. especially work. So we want you guys to think bigger. We don't want you just to settle for some small measure of accomplishment (laughs) or some nondescriptor. Have there been times in your life where you felt like, and if not, I know I'm putting you on the hot seat here, so that's okay, but have there been times in your life where you felt like, man, I am guilty. I know in this moment I'm thinking small, not because I want to think small, but just to avoid the pain of having to think bigger.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, for me, prospecting, you know, in our business is extremely important. Uh, growing our client base intentionally is extremely uh, valuable. And so there's a lot of times where I'll just get comfortable calling on the same group of people or the same category of people instead of stretching myself to maybe calling on somebody who needs some estate planning. You know, that would be a little bit more of a complicated case. Maybe, you know, an older gentleman that has a lot more life experience than me. I should be prospecting for those guys all day, every day. Sure. Absolutely. There's a lot of times where I won't, you know, I won't push myself to really, you know, look for what it is that I should be looking for. I fall into the trap of, well, i work with anybody and everybody.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you took a third party that didn't even really know our business and you briefly took five minutes to describe how maybe our business works and who we should be sitting in front of, or for many of you out there that are in financial planning roles, entrepreneurs, sales positions, anything that you're trying to build a brand, build a career. If you took anybody that didn't know anything about our business and told them how it works in many of your businesses out there. And then you said, Hey, I'm really avoiding getting in front of the people I should be getting in front of. They would probably think that's really weird and confusing. Yeah. Like, why would you not, why would you not do the things that would make you successful? (laughs) And the things that you admit would make you more successful. It's not, it's, it's like one thing to not do the things that make you successful because you were just a little unaware. You didn't plan it out. But when you're sitting there saying, I know these are the people I should be in front of. I know these are the type of things that I should do.
1: But I'm going to choose not to.
0: Yeah. And make that's excuses. foolish. And yeah. make excuses that's for foolish. it. foolish. Excuse-itis.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: that's good. So I want to talk to you guys about six reasons why I don't think you're setting high enough goals, why you're not dreaming big enough. And we've already covered a couple of these, but one, you know, the main one is you don't have clearly defined goals or a clearly defined vision. You say you want to be successful. What does that mean? You've got to be clear with that, guys. And I could just say that over and over, not to beat a dead horse here, but I could just say that over and over. Be specific about what you want to accomplish. I tell these young guys that here all the time. We've got to go further and we've got to drill down on the levels of what that actually means. And I don't think that's natural. Like, I don't fault them for that. But after you've been told many times, don't make your goals so generic. And then they come in with so many other generic goals. It's like, all right, I'm going to keep beating you over the head with this until you finally do it. The second thing is, I think a lot of people out there just don't know how talented and creative they are. I used to tell people all the time that I'm not a creative person. I said, my wife is. My wife's super creative. And while I still believe that, she could take a blank sheet of paper. I could be stuck on a business plan, let's say. And she could say, well, what is it? And I could tell her. And then she in 10 minutes, she'd have a whole business plan mapped out. <laughs> super smart. And I looked at that as creativity. And I had people, wise people in my life that said, man, you shouldn't say that about yourself. Like, what I know about you, you're super creative. And I'm like, no. But then I'm thinking, well, this person does know me well, so I don't think they would just make that up. And then I go out and I create the podcast and I create, you know, and so I start seeing flashes in my own life of when you push the gas pedal just a little bit, there's probably a lot there under the surface that I haven't been exploring. As long as I keep saying it, though, I'll never explore the full potential. Yeah. Of what, what might be there. So don't underestimate what you guys have. And you can't, well, and
1: I think, too, that it would be important if you don't have somebody that pours into you and encourages you and pulls things out of you. You need to find some people that you can surround yourself with that can pull those things out of you.
0: You are the sum of the five people you that hang it. out with. That's it. We hear that all the time. People talk about it all the time. A lot of people don't hear that and then actually take an inventory of who the five people are that are around them mostly. Yeah. And when they do, it's amazing like, why have I been allowing these people to drag me down for so long? It's just human nature. It's what we do, right? Yep. So don't underestimate the talent that you guys have. And I, you know, I think number three, and this is really a tough one is honestly, people just don't have the discipline. People say they have discipline. People say they want to work hard. Again, what does that mean? I want to work really hard toward my goals this year. I don't know what that means. Your hard work may look very different than my, you may look at my hard work and go, man. That guy's being really inefficient, yep. not mapping anything out. He didn't even have a clear goal of where he's going. He's just hoping. Shooting in the wind, hoping something happens.
1: Or another example would be maybe my hard hard work is being at the office for twelve hours, whereas your hard work is being at the office for seven, but being really efficient with your day. to where you get twelve hours worth of work done in seven hours.
0: Yeah, we're working right. on you though, bro. We'll <laughs> get <laughs> That is my goal this year is to keep you accountable to that now that you've got baby at home. The fourth thing, guys, as we continue on this list is, you know, similar to the last one of of discipline. I'm sorry, similar to the, the people not thinking they're creative or whatever is, you know, people think they lack expertise or skills. And to me, this is an excuse. I was guilty of that. It's an excuse, though. We've talked about it many times before. You don't need more information. You don't need more planning. You don't need more think time. Now we need think time, but we don't need more think time. To put a foot forward and move forward. It's yeah. an excuse. We're delaying the inevitable. We're delaying taking action on things. And all it's doing is sabotaging where we could be going. Number five is people have perceived obstacles in their way. And I would say perceived because, again, things that you see me making excuses about or reasons that I can't do certain things or say I can't do certain things, we all think differently. You may look at that and go, man, this dude just needs to take a step forward. And I see that all the time. I see people whether it's my clients with financial planning, whether it's the advisors I'm coaching, private clients that I'm coaching, whatever, I see people say, here's why I'm not doing this. And I can tell they fully believe it. Like they fully believe it. And as a third party, I'm looking at it going, this doesn't seem like that hard of a a deal, right? I mean, it's not my reality, it's theirs, but it doesn't seem like that hard of a deal. Sometimes we just need that perspective on the outside. So perceived obstacles. And then finally, guys, we've already mentioned it. People are simply just scared A failure. And we've got to embrace this if you want to grow and you want to succeed. Failure is normal. Failure is learning. I've said it over and over. We're in the lab constantly. This whole thing is an experiment to figure out what works, what doesn't work. We've got the lab coat on. We've got the goggles on. When we fail, we do like Lanny Basham does. Huh, that's interesting. Wonder why that happened. I was prepared. I was ready to go. And then when he succeeds, he says, That's like me. That's like me over and over. I love that book with Winning in Mind. I talk about it all the time. But how many of you out there is this happening to? Do a gut check on this. I want you to think big. We want you to dream bigger. It's not pie in the sky, Pollyanna. This is real gut check of where you are. And dreaming bigger doesn't have to be some false psychological whatever that you can't get your mind about. Just figure out what moves the needle for you. What are you passionate about? Are you settling on hopes, dreams, goals because you're avoiding pain? Or are you going to commit this year to designing that? Yeah, that'd be my challenge to all of you out there.
1: Yeah, man, that's awesome. You know, I've been diving into uh, how to win friends. And I've always heard for years, you need to read how to win friends and influence people. Man, that seems like almost manipulative. You know, like, I don't like the title of that book.
0: One thing I am glad this podcast is doing is getting you reading some oh, good Oh yeah, books. It's, it's getting me out there for sure. Because you always say, people have told me this for so long, and I don't know, if you weren't here behind the mic, <laughs> I don't know if you'd be, uh, I mean, I don't know what you'd be reading, but maybe not that. So
1: Yeah, so How to Win Friends and Influence People, obviously, old, old book that's influenced a ton of just huge thinkers and, and entrepreneurs and uh, most of the people that we probably respect in the world. We don't have time to go through all of it. I thought maybe we'd go through the first couple of sections. That's good. We yeah, can always continue it next time because yeah. I
0: think with stuff like that, you don't want to rush it, but at the same time, you don't want to cut it off too early and we can always continue it. Yep. It's our podcast. We can do whatever we, we want to do. We can do whatever right? we want.
1: <laughs> first section, three major bullet points. The first one is don't criticize, condemn, or complain. You know The way that we interact with people and the way that we you know do our job, don't criticize, condemn, or complain. The idea there is criticism really, it never generates the type of results that we expect it's going to generate. Because what happens is I criticize you, Jared. I really think that you should do a better job communicating with your employees. And then what do you do? You become defensive. You get defensive, right. You put a wall up, and then you've got to justify why you do a great job communicating with your employees. Yeah. And then you'll spend the next two days or two weeks or two hours trying to convince me that your point is right and my point is wrong.
0: Yeah, because it's going to weigh on me. Yeah. How dare that guy tell me I don't communicate well. And, in fact, I've been working on it. So. <laughs> He he just doesn't know. Yeah, I think that's what most people say. That's exactly. Yeah, get it. defensive. Oh, he just doesn't know what he's talking about. Or let me explain to you for the next three hours how I've been working on it. That's not the point. Point yeah. is obviously, whatever you think, there was a perceived notion. You know, I heard long ago that we grade ourselves. This is one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten. We grade ourselves on our intentions, whereas yeah. the world grades us on our actions.
1: That is power. Because
0: how easy is it to say criticizing, for example? How easy is it to say? Oh, okay, Jordan, I see why you would say that. Well, here's what I meant to do, mm-hmm. or here's what I was doing, or here's what I was trying to do whenever I did that. And then you're going to go, well, yeah, but here's what I see happening. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I could see why you would say that, but here's what I was doing. And, you know, again, defensive. Or you thought
1: for two weeks straight, man, I need to call my client. And two weeks later, he he calls you and says, Jordan, I haven't heard from you. I was supposed to hear from you. Oh, well, I planned to call you. You know, it's every day I've thought about calling you, <laughs>
0: right? It kind of goes along. I don't think I'm rabbit trailing here. I think it's similar. It kind of goes along with in business, how many business coaches out there will tell you, and i tell this to my clients as well, we need to double step ahead of what the consumer is thinking. Sometimes that is to save them from themselves, like in an investment situation, if they're going to make a move that we just know is not great on a whim, so emotional, make a move and then regret it later. We need to double step ahead and say, hey, you might be thinking this now. And if they say, oh yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Well, you're still having the same conversation you would have, but the fact that you brought it up on the offensive, you don't have to defend a position now Yep. because you can say that you can talk about the same topic, but if you're coming from a point of defense and that doesn't have to be negative, it could just be a simple question that the client brings up and you're like, man, I should have already addressed that with them. I'm not on my game doing what I need to do. We're still having the same topic conversation, but it's more of a defensive having to defend why you're recommendation was what it was, rather than saying, here's why I'm recommending this. Yeah. You might be thinking this, you might be thinking that, but let me take you down this path. So much more power in that.
1: Well and one of the one of the bullet points in this book, or you know, one of the topics in this book is the best way to win an argument is to avoid it. Really the only way to win an argument is to avoid it, to step out of the argument if you can. Because the idea there, Carnegie's gonna say, if you fight this this client of yours or this prospect of yours or whoever it is on their viewpoints, chances are you could win the argument, but now he's not going to like you as much.
0: Yeah. There's a relationship tension. Exactly. Mm -hmm.
1: And so even if you win the battle, you've lost the war. And then if, you know, if you lose the argument, you lost the war as well. Yeah.
0: How do you get out of an argument though? If it's a legitimate, you know, especially if you're wrong, like if somebody's bringing, bringing something to you, as you mentioned, I get defensive we get into an argument about it. Factually, I might be wrong, but in my mind, I don't believe I yep. am. How do you, especially as the person that brought that to the table, it's yep. almost like you lay a bomb out and then you just walk away. But how do you gracefully do that without looking like, hey, this guy just brought up a big issue that I don't agree with and now he's yep. just wanting to check out and not even talk about it. Yep. But in your mind, you're trying to not lose the argument. You know. Well,
1: I think in, in our business, especially, there is a lot that on the surface is hard for clients to do. And you know, it's hard for clients to just Trust us sometimes and, and know that we have their best interests in mind. So sometimes selling, you know, our job is to sell them on why this really is the best fit for
0: them. Or oh, consult. Yeah, consult, recommend, right? Yeah,
1: but, but what I mean by selling is like, you know, it's good for them. They don't yet know it's good for them. And I used to, you know, first year in the business, first two years in the business, I used to think, you know, it's my job to convince people that they need to do what I think they need to do. And I would try to win arguments, you know, and I just realized, like, you don't win them. You yeah. just don't. Because once somebody has something set in their mind, it's set in their mind, and you would be better to defuse the situation. Say, hey, you know, I have a different viewpoint, but at the same time, I respect where you're coming from. I see the logic in, in your side of it, for sure, even though I disagree. And I think, you know, this is just an area that maybe we should try to resolve somehow. Agree to right? disagree. I agree to this, which is sometimes hard.
0: Yeah. Which is sometimes hard for business owners if they really do have a passion um, or, or, you know, a conviction behind it. Exactly. Or, you know, it's hard to just kind of bow out, but I learned that long ago as an advisor, just from, not for me, I can't take credit for it, but I think somebody had mentioned something that I just, I kind of took that in and took it to heart. And I've been telling clients that for a long time is, Hey, my role is not to tell you exactly what to do with money. Now, some of my clients ask me for that. They're like, man, Step up to the plate and tell me what to do all the time. Hold me accountable. But I think people want, in a great advisor relationship or really anything you guys are doing out there where you're interacting with clients, I think people want to have a high level of trust, have a high level of, you know, you want to hold a high level of competency in people's minds, but you don't want relationship tension even on things that you may hold very dear and convicting in your mind. And I just tell people, look, my goal is not to tell you exactly what to do with your money unless you ask for that. But then I wouldn't even frame it that way, right? I would just hold it as accountability. It's not to tell you what you should or should not spend money on your kids on. Like, that's not my role. My role is to present as many options to you as I can in a moral, ethical, legal, uh, factual math, right? I mean, math is good because it removes me from the equation. (laughs) I never want to sell anybody on anything. Math is my friend because I can show them, hey, I know emotionally you may not agree with this investment decision, but at the end of the day, it's math. (laughs) Like, I'm not, like, it's not my number. It's your number. Yep. But that's not my role as an advisor, to present you with as many options as possible to where you feel like I've done my work to create a plan for you. But at the end of the day, it's your plan. You can do whatever you want to do. For many of you out there who are in sales or who are in consulting, you can't jump inside the client's mind and make them do exactly what you want them to do. You can influence them, you can motivate them, you can help make recommendations, but at the end of the day, they may or may not take your advice. Yep,
1: that's true. So the, the idea there is just because you are passionate about it, um, doesn 't mean that they 're going to see your side of it often a good idea to diffuse step out if you can as gracefully as possible
0: yeah i think there's a, I think there 's maturity there
1: for sure as well The second bullet point is give honest and sincere appreciation. The thought here is there are a lot of emotional needs that we as humans have, a lot of physical needs that we have. The one that he would argue rarely gets satisfied is the feeling of appreciation, the feeling of purpose and value. People want to feel valued. I would ask the listeners, what are you doing to make sure that the people around you feel like they're valued? Whether it's employees of yours, whether it's clients of yours, prospects, what are you doing on a regular basis to make sure that they know that they matter and that they know that they have a purpose?
0: Yeah, I heard a while back. I think I've mentioned it on a podcast, but it's really something that's profound to me. I think it was maybe Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, somebody way back when said, what if you pictured everyone with a 10 on their head?" And so I remember whenever I first heard that, I thought, man, there's some people in my life that, you know, they're not stepping up to the plate to do, you know, maybe it's the advisors here in my office. This was a while back. So it's none of these guys, but maybe they're just making a bunch of excuses. Maybe I've given up on them a little bit. Whenever I was really, you know, poor in my leadership abilities and hadn't learned how to really work with people even through thick and thin. And I heard that and I was like, man, I'm going to start doing that. I remember for a couple of days that week, I really had that on my brain of every time I met with someone, even if I'd, even if I'd kind of given up on them because they're making so many excuses or whatever, Picturing them with a 10 on their head because of all the good qualities they probably do have, not just that issue that I'm focusing on where they're not moving the needle, man, it just changed everything. And it's almost like, what if we could just stay in that mindset? Mm. How much better would we be? The people who are super successful out there, and I don't mean successful like from a money, well, could be money, but more from influence, which is what we're talking about here. I mean, I think they just have a generally good way of doing that, of just regarding so many others around them. I don't know if it's higher than themselves, but just on a super respectful, valuable, making them feel valuable way.
1: Yeah, it's huge. And that's one of the big points in here. But point number three is arouse in other people an eager want. One of the the phrases that Carnegie uses, he says, let's assume that you like cheesecake and cheesecake is your favorite dessert. Well,
0: you don't have to assume that with me, bro. I like some cheesecake. (laughs) A little so, too much.
1: So we go fishing one day, are you going to fish with cheesecake on the pole on the line? Chances are probably not, no, right? we are going to fish with a worm. What a fish like fish don't like cheesecake, fish like worms. You know, so the the thought there is if you are in some sort of sales role, you have to sell to what someone else likes, not to what you like. And you know, that kind of goes back to what we were saying before about just because you are passionate about what you do or you are convicted about what you do doesn't mean that the other person has those same feelings.
0: Yeah, right? absolutely.
1: So it's really important to know your prospect if you're in any type of sales, know to audience. know what's important yeah. to them and to speak to them you know, in a way that they understand that's on their level in their language. Um, I think that's something that I don't know that we spend enough time trying to put ourselves in other people's shoes, but that's an exercise that I think is really healthy. How many times have you asked what would the client be thinking if they heard this for the first time?
0: Yeah, I love that book. I mean, old school book, right? I mean, we've brought up so many old school books lately, but now they've got "How to Win Friends and Influence People" in the digital age, which really talks a lot about social media and things like that. Which is, you know, it's kind of interesting to revamp that book with a lot of today's relevancy around it. So,
1: yeah, which is a lot of a lot of good points there for sure about building your brand on the social, you know, social platforms. Being a giver on social media is not just a taker. Engaging clients in questions, you know, um, instead of just, you know, posting your thoughts, asking clients, what are your thoughts on this topic? It engages the client in the in discussion and gets people inter- interested in the things that are important yeah. to them, right? not just in what are what is important to you, which is, we'll save, I think, that for next time, but there's a ton in here about not pushing your agenda, but finding out what is important to your clients. You know, not, not just talking, but listening, being a better listener than you are a talker.
0: And you can even relate that to relationships. It's not just not, I mean, I know you're talking a lot about business here, but it's not Mm -hmm. just about business. It's what's important to the people around you. Yep. Is it always the you show, you Mm -hmm. know, without even realizing it again, we grade ourselves on our intentions. Mm -hmm. Everyone else grades us on our actions.
1: The last point I'll leave, you will win more friends or you'll gain more friends by finding out what other people are inter- interested in, you know, two weeks than you will in 20 years of trying to be interesting to people. So it's so important for us to to ask questions and find out what people care about and, you know, be a better listener than you are a speaker. You know?
0: Yeah, and I've learned that a lot in our business. Just, I know we're taking a lot back to our business this morning, but just, the you know, finding out what the feelings and emotions are behind people's comments. Whenever I say, you know, in our business, a common thought is, I want to save for my children's education. Well, we could just move past that and go, okay, I'll build that into the model. Yeah. Why though? If you find out that their dad passed away earlier in life, but because of the planning they had in place, they got a full paid way to college. Mm-hmm. How much better does that make your relationship by understanding them now? And that's just one example that I'm thinking of here, but mm-hmm. you know, it could be I heard, you know, I heard the phrase before and many of you have heard it out there, but you have to be interested in order to be interesting, Yeah. which I think is what, I don't, I don't remember if that came from that book or not. It was a while back whenever I read it, but you have to be interested in order to be interesting. And I think a lot of people out there are just trying to be interesting by pushing what they know or what they think or what they want to push on other people. Yeah. And it's just so counterintuitive to the way our society works when it comes to influence. hmm Influence and friends, influence with clients, influence with relationships, influence with your family. I mean, fill in the blank, right? Yep, that's it. So 10 on people's heads, be interested more, therefore you will be interesting by default and you'll you'll get to where you want to be. So guys, we've enjoyed having you here this morning. As always, we want you to think bigger. I want you to get out of your own way by, you know, not limiting your small beliefs about yourself, which I know is easier said than done. But the longer you do it, the more compounding that's going to happen and it's going to become something that's set in stone. Get out of it now while you can. And, you know, don't make too many excuses around why you're not chasing after bigger goals and dreams this year. Most of it's just avoiding pain. Most of it's playing the safe game. It will. Your small thinking will hinder your future success and reaching your maximum potential more than anything out there. No doubt about it. It's not the knowledge, it's not the info. You've got enough stuff in your brain and in front of you right now to go do massive action. And I don't throw that word around loosely. Massive action toward where you want to be, but you got to get out of your own way first. So he's Jordan Earls, I'm Jared Warren. Thanks so much. One last thing I'll mention, just because I see it on the camera here, check out my tactical pin that oh, I have. It's, yeah. yeah, it's made out of airplane aluminum, but for all of you out there who have asked me about this before, you've heard me talk about it. I just happened to have it on me this morning. Pretty cool stuff. It cell. would be
1: a good idea to be careful when you're driving to not wear that in your shirt. that could become a weapon against yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> it could.
0: It could. So thanks so much, guys. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, if you want to grab 20% off the Human Charger, go to success101podcast.com forward slash human charger and enter success101 in the promo code. We will catch you guys on the next episode as we continue to talk about influence and thinking bigger. I want to continue down this path. So let's keep yeah. doing it. Awesome. Thanks, Thank guys. You guys. Have an incredible week.